Welcome to this Frequency Matters podcast. I'm Pat Hendel, and today I'm talking with Bob Broughton, Product Line Director for Beamformers and SIPs at Analog Devices in the Aerospace and Defense Business. Welcome back to the podcast, Bob. Thanks, Pat. Good morning. So today we're going to discuss the EW market and technology trends for this market. So, Bob, what trends are you seeing in the EW market? I think the first trend is general reduction of swap. So if you look at the early EW uh, active electronic protection systems like standoff jammers and self-screening jammers, the, the transmitted um, signal was wideband noise at very high power and required microwave power tubes and high voltages and so forth. And this required fighters or even bomber-sized airframes to carry and, and supply power for, even for such an unsophisticated and brute force technique. So today with GAN amplifiers and modern edge processing on silicon, high power and sophisticated waveforms can be realized even on missile and drone sized platforms. Of course, uh, the range of frequencies is ever expanding, you know, these days covering from VHF uh, up past 100 gigahertz. And we're starting to see a demand for phased array in some signal intelligence and electronic attack applications. One example of a technology update that's maybe interesting is uh, enabled by edge processing is, is the DERFM. So uh, CHAP was an early electronic protection method where an aircraft being painted by an attacking missile radar would expel a cloud of metal foil. And this would create a large radar return that hopefully obscures the return of the actual target and uh, allow the, the aircraft to escape. But modern systems using data converters in the front end and, uh, and DSP can receive the missile radar signal, store it in the DERFM, or which is an acronym for digital RF memory, modify signal characteristics in a particular way, and play them back to the missile receiver with minimal latency, throwing off the missile's closing solution and allowing the attacked aircraft to escape. So this is a, a modern version of CHAP, and it's much more difficult to defeat because the missile thinks it's still tracking the target. So overall, the level of sophistication of EW systems is increasing at a rapid pace. So you mentioned drones. What progress is being made in drone defeat systems? Yeah, hot topic, right? So yes, definitely. Seeing today, <laughs> how combat forces are deploying drones and and uh, with armed versions uh, carrying explosives with improved accuracy with with video control and so forth, and you know, even dropping hand grenades to harass troops in trenches or, or into tanks. So unarmed drones are being used for reconnaissance and targeting. And they're small enough to be uh, that they're difficult to detect with uh, typical radar systems that are looking for much larger targets. So simply jamming the GPS spectrum that's used to uh, for navigation for these guys is it's uh, it has consequences uh, for civilian activity and you know. We're seeing ride apps showing taxis and rivers, for instance, uh, because the, the need to uh, jam the GPS is, is, uh, is greater than the, the civilian need. But we've seen uh, one example where, at least, where GPF, GPS spoofing caused the drone's navigation to be overtaken and the drone recovered by an adversary. So spoofing detection is now needed on high value assets. So we may need to add inertial references, terrain mapping, or even celestial navigation adjuncts to the GPS to mitigate these uh, these more sophisticated methods. 
but part of the EW game is to force your opponent to exert more effort and overcome the, the countermeasure, which requires supplying more power, carrying more weight, which then limits the, the mission envelope and denies some of the advantages that drones can bring to the battlefield. So it's, it's all part and parcel. We're seeing that drone defense today is largely through interception by missile or gunfire, but these brute force methods are risky and adding additional energetics into the, the system uh, can cause collateral damage. And, you know, you're trying to defend your, your local uh, area and uh, it's your only your own people that you're hurting. So we're starting to see active denial systems um, in development at W band using phased array. And in a relatively small aperture, you can generate massive effective radiated power that can cause damage to drone electronics without projectiles or anti-missile missiles. So uh, much more effective. And it's also uh, being used for um, anti-personnel as well. So uh, getting people away from a, a particular location without uh, lethality. So just making them uncomfortable and, and making them run away. So uh, what kind of signal processing technologies are being used to address the demands of EW? So modern data converters are achieving extremely high sample rates. That, and they can directly sample huge blocks of spectrum uh, to X-band and beyond. But the trouble is the FPGA and the threat receivers can't cope with that, that huge amount of data that's generated in the front end. And the power consumption for that data transport is, is pretty substantial in itself. So DSP techniques have to be employed at the edge in the mixed signal front end to uh, solve that problem. So the, the aim is to process and reduce the data payload so that the data that is transported is, is of uh, the highest value. So one strategy, as an example, is to employ spectral sniffers. So these use low resolution, high sample rate converters feeding a hardened FFT engine. So the, the resulting spectral data is analyzed and the threats are ordered given their frequency and other behaviors. So at that point, the high resolution converter can then be tuned uh, to do signal characterization at the appropriate frequency or even multiple frequencies with parallel DSP assets. So digital down converters, decimation, FAR filters uh, are used to bring the, the real bandpass signal of interest down to the complex low pass domain so removing the carrier frequency and reducing the data payload uh, that, that then has to be processed by the, the FPGA or the threat receiver. So doing this processing at the data converter using hardened DSP saves the data transport power and it's much more efficient than using an FPGA to do the same thing. On the attack side, numerically controlled oscillators and chirp generators can create complex waveforms that are more effective than white noise to jam radar and comms links. There's just a few examples. Yeah, it's very interesting how the different partitioning where you move the uh, processing to makes a big difference in these days uh, in configuring the systems. So what future technologies are on the horizon for EW? Since you talked about the components, what do you see for the future? Yeah, so uh, the modern FinFAT is, um, it's really revolutionized EW and, and electronics in general from, from the, the smartphones and automotive, et cetera. But th these processes are becoming extremely expensive. So a complex integrated circuit can cost tens of millions of dollars to develop. And it's really hard to sustain those kinds of costs in typical defense article where we, we don't have 
you know, huge volumes like we have with, uh, with cell phones. So we've got the semiconductor technology, but we have to find a more economical way to, to create solutions. So there's a lot of discussion these days around chiplets and heterogeneous integration, where the designer can mix and match functional blocks that communicate through standard interfaces. So uh, individual die that then get co-packaged in a way that's, uh, that's very efficient. So think of the chiplets being like ICs on a PC board, only at, at nanoscale. So if you, you need a different solution, you can rearrange the blocks, add new blocks, and you don't need to sustain a $50 million investment to, to get that done. It's much lower uh, barrier to entry. So th this will certainly happen to EW someday. It's already in, you know, it's being deployed now for cell phones and automotive, but the standards aren't quite settled and the costs are still relatively high for the scale that we can achieve uh, in, in the DOD applications. So for now, system and package is still the preferred integration technology. So flipping chips onto to laminates uh, to improve the, the swap C with respect to uh, monolithic uh, solutions. And with SIPs, multiple die of any technology, including gas, GAN, silicon, passives, can be integrated on a, a single laminate substrate. And also looking ahead, what are the challenges in EW component design? So EW components have to operate in harsh battlefield and flight environments. So packaging of the semiconductors is extremely important. There's always demand for increased speed and functionality, and that comes with real challenges in terms of power delivery and, and thermal management. So modern semiconductors operate on sub one volt power supplies. So watts turn into amps pretty quickly. And then you need a lot of copper to, to carry that, that huge amount of current. So power management has uh, come a long way uh, in converting high voltage, uh, low current supplies to low voltage, high currents at the point of load. So the distribution network is um, has less mass, less copper, and uh, and uh, less uh, less losses. So they can do this today at very high efficiencies and without the switching noise and the EMI that degrades the performance of the sensors, which is what has held back the DC to DC converters in, in past years. So packaging also plays a key role. So flip chip technologies are used to eliminate bomb wires and enable die stacking, but this forces heat to be extracted from the, the package top side. So copper slugs, heat spreaders, and application of thermal design from the beginning of the design, uh, rather than uh, as a afterthought, ensures that the components can be operated efficiently and reliably in these, these harsh conditions. And that brings us to modeling. So EW spans DC to light and high-speed digital with tight timing requirements and, and uh, quite a span of simulation techniques in itself. But the designer also has to consider thermal effects, uh, stress through um, uh, CTE mismatch, and, and also component aging with these modern processes. So now you have this, the multi-physics problem and how do you simulate and verify your designs across all these different domains? So fortunately, the, the EDA vendors are uh, partners with the, the fabs and with the design community uh, and they're making great strides in this area, even teaming up in some cases to, to split up the problem and where we, we attack the, the issues through co-simulation. And you know, the amount of coordination that's needed for these tools to work together is, is uh, quite a problem in itself. 
So the tools are evolving with the technology, and uh, this is what's bringing these fantastic capabilities into the world. Well, thanks, Bob, for talking with me today about the uh, EW market. It's been interesting to learn about the trends and component challenges that we're addressing these days and how Analog Devices is approaching it. To our audience, you can find more podcasts at podcast.microwavejournal.com. Thanks for listening.